Some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. On a Monday, it's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. From the KSHP studios in Las Vegas, hour number two, Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius 159. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. How'd you like that weekend? The Breeders' Cup was wild. We had a boxing match. We had great college football. UNLV won a football game. And then we had the NFL, where... Everybody is still scratching their head. Week 9. Wow. What went down yesterday? Some results that people just still can't figure out. Denver puts the Sasquatch foot on the Cowboys. That thing was 30 to nothing. Prescott gets 16 points on the board. Garbage time. But... Wow, what a performance by Denver. I mean, the one, we get the get-out after all the crazy games that we had yesterday. You come right back with Tennessee, and they stomp, stomp all over the L.A. Rams. What do we do with this Tennessee football team? They've beaten the Bills, the Chiefs. They lose Derrick Henry. And then they just push the Rams all over the field. Vrabel doing a heck of a job. I Would you say front runner? Maybe coach of the year. And uh, the other one, yeah, maybe not front runner. How about the job Belichick's doing? New England sitting there at five and four. You start off with this rookie quarterback. What is this team? What are they going to be? What are they all about? And Jones is playing older than his years. Seems to fit like a glove with Belichick. And we know their prowess for frustrating other teams' quarterbacks. All of a sudden, the Patriots giving the Bills a run for their money in the AFC East. Pretty interesting. And then the Bills. What is that? Seriously, you score six points at Jacksonville. That's an abomination. You have the number one defense in the league. They go and hold a team to nine points in their home field. On the flight home, they should have been throwing stuff at the offense on the team plane. And, uh, you know, players, the coaches were pretty abysmal. That game was an atrocity, and the officials were awful. I mean, they were awful both ways, just awful. Like, I don't know. That was one of the weirdest, most bizarre Sunday of football I can remember. Chuck Esposito is going to join us from Red Rock. Andy Isco is going to check in. Don't forget, it's lunchtime. Our friends at John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. Hey, it's Monday. You wear football gear over there, 20% off your order for the Monday night game. And the Monday night maniacs tonight over at Oasis, they'll be out in full regalia. Great prize giveaways, great swag, gaming promotions. Kitchens open 24-7 at Oasis, 4955 South Decatur. 
So, what else happened over the weekend? Kyle Larson wins NASCAR, by the way. An incredible story. I mean, redemption, out of the car. He even said he got out of the car. I didn't even think I'd be driving a car this year, let alone winning a championship. And he, if there was a guy that was deserving. And what is it about that? that they get to the final race. The four contenders, one race to win the championship. And then all these four guys always run one, two, three, four. How's that happen? I mean, the other guys have engines and tires and crews. Every year, it's the, those four run one, two, three, four, and it's just a matter of who gets the order. I, I still find that remarkable that there aren't a couple of other cars that are in there at least muddying the waters. But Kyle Larson got the win, and that, that was a great story for him. And in golf, Victor Hovland got a W. So there's all kinds of stuff. And then the Breeders' Cup. Um, first hour, Tony Neville joined us. He's going to be in studio with us tomorrow from Treasure Island. We had just a wonderful day over at Treasure Island in the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar. I uh, had friends come in. Dennis Bernstein, our good friend, uh, who joins us on Vegas Hockey Highland, does a lot of stu- great stuff from the fourthperiod.com, the NHL Network. Dennis was in town. Actually had a couple of horses that were running that he's in, you know, the kind of like a syndicate thing. We had little pieces of uh, going to Vegas and got stormy and uh, had that excitement. We, we watched those races, but it was, it was just so much fun. That's how you consider how fortunate we are doing this stuff. It's sports. And we know all the stuff that's out there on a daily basis. So much of it's bad news. And I know we have the off the field stuff and the police blotter in sports, but uh, a day like Saturday kind of re- restores or rejuvenates my faith in how much fun and how fortunate we are that we do this basically for a living talking sports it was so much fun made new friends on saturday people you never met before that were in from out of town everybody's hooting and hollering who do you like in this race who do you like hey i had that did you and he had it i missed good for you and the venue was great over at treasure island we had a great time but the breeders cup was really really exciting the racing was good great fun had a squirrely deal on Friday from a paramutual perspective, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But you can't blame the horses. They put on a great show. Hey, we're coming back to Vegas. We're going to head over to Red Rock. Chuck Esposito is going to join us. It's a Monday on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. So here's the dirty secret about artificial intelligence. I'm really not very bright. Your smart speaker needs millions of artificial neurons to learn even a simple task. And then, hey, turn up the radio. Got it. Activate ejector seat. Now, UK researchers reverse engineering the brains of bumblebees to build smarter AI. Bees manage to get complex tasks done with less real neurons than even the simplest artificial brain. A golden age of machine intelligence serving mankind based on the intellect and instincts of bees. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Hey, it's my 200th episode! Follow me at G. Capalbo on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this.
there's listening to Sports Grid, then there's listening to Sports Grid. You know you're doing it right when friends ask you about the week's matchups, the wife is happy, and your teenager regards you with quiet awe. Here's your slippers, Dad. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, glad to be back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 159. The Sportsbook Radio Network from the KSHP studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing and our pal Chuck Esposito joins us on Mondays. Recap the wild weekend that was. Look ahead to the numbers that they're hanging and where these numbers are going to go. It's always fun to bring Mr. Esposito in on a Monday. That was one insane fun weekend, Chuck. I mean, it was a bizarre Sunday of football, but we had the Breeders' Cup and NASCAR and a uh, boxing match. That was a jumping weekend. I can only imagine what it was like over in the book at Red Rock. It was, B. I mean, first, it's great being on with you. Uh, you know, it was NASCAR. It was UFC. It was boxing. It was, you know, the big uh, Eichel news that came out. Um, you know, college football, pro football, some big upsets along the way. Um, NBA, it was a, a really busy weekend from our side. Breeders' Cup for the for the horse racing fans as well. We had the big twin cues on on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, total of forty thousand um, dollars. So it was a fun racing sportsbook weekend, no question at all. And you could just tell the guests were really engaged, and I think the atmosphere, the crowd, just the sounds that echoed from all of our sportsbooks are pretty contagious throughout the casino. Chuck, on the Breeders' Cup front, we had a bizarre set of circumstances in the get-out race on Friday, where a horse that was they were worried was hurt was scratched. And ran for purse money only. And, of course, Murphy's Law wins the race for fun. Kind of impacted a lot of things. That was the really unfortunate thing. But those are the rules of racing that happen. I mean, I know players don't want to hear it, but on a daily basis, you're sitting here, a horse gets scratched at the gate. You're assigned the favorite uh, in a pick three or a pick four. Or if a horse is running for purse money only, the horse that runs second wins the race. Those are just, Those are the rules. It is what it is. But other than that, I mean, Del Mar, they put on a great show. It was a fair racetrack. We had really exciting races. Um, it was it was, it was, was a fun weekend. It was, B, and that was bizarre circumstances. You know, we actually had to kind of look at it and step back and, um, and, and really think about it just to see exactly what the interpretation of our house rules and how it was going to be paid. But, you know, the, both LVDC and the track recognized the 4-6 not the one, uh, understood that it was run for purse money and the way that they kind of refunded at the track. And, you know, there was definitely some some confusion, I think, and some discussion from our guests, but we were able to explain it to them, you know, pretty quickly just based on that, and, and I think they understood that. But uh, it was. It was something I hadn't seen, and I think a lot of our guests hadn't seen it before either. No, but, but the two days of racing, Chuck, the Breeders' Cup, I think, gets better and better I had talked about last week, we were doing our previews. There was a horse that came in from Japan, and I said, I'll bet you that people kind of thumb their nose at this horse because it's from Japan. But the horse had better number than the numbers than the European horses, and the horse won convincingly. The world's a smaller place when you get to Breeders' Cup Day. They're coming from everywhere, and they're coming from different tracks in the States. They're racing at Kentucky Downs now and coming here. Oh, yeah. I mean, the racing was great, B. I didn't mean to, to downplay that in any way. I mean, the racing and, and just, you know, the spectacle of, of being at Del Mar, um, it was definitely a win-win for us. I know a lot of our guests did go, 
and spent time down there. And, you know, we missed having him here, but it's a great experience to go down there for any race weekend, but especially something like uh, like Breeders' Cup. So, overall, yeah, it, it was a phenomenal race and sports weekend. All right. I'm going to save the NFL with you to the next segment, but I well, we'll get there. There were just so many nutty things that happened. But over the weekend, college football, we're turning a corner for home, pal. And, you know, you find these spots, Michigan State, if they play Purdue in two weeks, it's probably a different story. But we see this kind of stuff all year long. You get a big win, all of a sudden the weight of expectations, you're number three in the country, letdown spot, you go on the road in the conference, and oops. We see this stuff at this time of year all the time. You do, B. And, I mean, you know, in their case, I mean, you look at Purdue, had the big win a couple of weeks ago, then had the letdown, and then, of course, had the big win uh, again yesterday. That's part of it, though, and we're looking at that and looking at teams, you know, what they have coming up and who's going to kind of beat up each other and is there an avenue for Cincinnati to get in or other schools. But it's all stuff that we're looking at on a weekly basis as well. Yeah, and the intangible things that you got to, you know, make part of the equation. And you sit there and say, hey, look, uh, you get two teams sitting there, you know, you get a five and four team, uh, you know, against uh, maybe an eight and two team or something. And you're like, oh, this team's much the better team. Well, all of a sudden, it's that circle the wagon game thing, Chuck, where motivation, you think they're mo- everybody's motivated every day. Well, we saw that wasn't the case in the NFL yesterday, but you're getting to the point where teams are looking at their schedules and they're circling the wagons. If they want to be bowl eligible, they're playing that game like it's their last game of the year. That's another key component, B, that we're looking at. We talk about that when we put the, the numbers up of where a team's at, what they have remaining on their schedule, and what they need to do to get bowl eligible. And if the team they're playing or will have playing them would have the same motivation possibly the last two weeks of the season if they're already bowl eligible. So it's all stuff that we're looking at all the time. It makes it fun, challenging, but we know that we're in an information era and the guys on the other side of the counter are just as educated and studying this stuff and looking at some of the same stuff that we are, which makes it even more challenging. The one thing, it's not been an immense factor. We've had a couple of games, you know, big rainstorms, a handful of games. But here we are, Chuck. You know, we're into the second week in November, and for the most part, weather has not been a factor yet in football, but you know, I mean, it could be any day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that stuff can happen at any time, B. We're, we're always, again, looking at that stuff as well and monitoring it and evaluating what the impact could be based on the teams. But weather could always factor into it at any time or, or some other circumstances, which cause us uh, to react. I mean, we saw it with, um, with Rodgers, um, you know, and the, the big adjustment in the line there. Um, you know, you're going to be looking at some quarterback adjustments this week as well. Who's going to be starting for the Jets? looking more and more like Russell Wilson will be back. Um, you know, will Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray be starting or not for the Cardinals? Will Darnold for the Panthers? So there's a lot of question marks that are still out there and guys who are going to be in or out or kind of up in the air right now. Every sport, Chuck, you know, the, the challenge of putting the piece of the puzzle together, uh, it, it's part of the joy. And yeah, we're, we're trying to make dough doing this. But the challenges that we face, one of the most compelling ones from start to finish is college hoops. I mean, so many angles where the crowd or students, whether they're at the games, things that are in play, and you come right out of the gate, Kansas-Michigan State tomorrow, uh, you get a big boy basketball game out of the gate. 
but a truckload of games tomorrow. You get your head's going to be on a swivel, man. You said it, B. We've already been talking about it. I mean, it kind of then drops off a cliff on on Wednesday, where there's I think there was 12 games, and now we added games. There's about 20 games opposed to the schedule that we have tomorrow. I think the big thing early in the season is is really college football. It sides to some degree, but it really is. I'm sorry, basketball. It really is college basketball totals. It's it's the movement, the the volatility, and and how much they move um, over the course of just a few hours. I mean, you're going to see bigger line moves than you probably see in any other sport at any other time. And I think it's for the first two or three weeks of college hoops until those until those total numbers settle in a bit. All right, Joe. We can't wait to get the. <laughs> we do it midweek with you, but I'm telling you, with the Bills going down, with the Rams, I mean, after the upsets, we're going to get to the NFL in the next segment, the upsets, and get your take on what a crazy, crazy day it was. But tell them about the STN mobile app, and then we'll come back and talk NFL. Yeah, real quick, based on everything we've been talking about, B, I mean, what a great time to have the STN Sports app. Uh, up to a $100 bonus going on right now. A uh, $50 deposit gets you a really cool STN cap. But there's so much going on. It's holiday season, honey-to-do list. We love when you guys come in. But get signed up, and you've got all these sports at your fingertips. He's our bud, Chuck Esposito. He's going to stick around for another segment. It is a Monday. We're off to the races. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Along the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius 159. We'll also be doing a Light the Lamp Hockey Podcast this week with Cam Stewart. And there's a lot on the plate. In fact, Jack Eichel introduced to the Vegas media. Lots of cool stuff on ice. The NBA hardwoods and college hoops about to start, too. The Sports Grid Radio Network presents This Date in Sports History. Not only will uh, Tom Dempsey hits this one, he's got a very slight win at his back. He'll set a National Football League record in addition to winning the game. 1970, Tom Dempsey of the Saints kicks a then NFL record 63-yard field goal. It's good! I don't believe it! The field goal attempt was good from 63 yards away! For Sports Grid Radio, I'm Mike Demurgis. There are some things you can always count on, like the reliability, durability, and power of Die Hard, America's most trusted auto battery. No matter where your journey takes you, count on Die Hard to get you started on the road ahead. Available at your local Advance Auto Parts and participating CarQuest stores. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. 
Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more. Plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. You've got a lot to consider. Stats, matchups, injury reports, travel, weather. That's why we're here. Get the edge 24-7 on your source for gaming, insights, expert perspectives, and more. We help make the odds. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Glad to be back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, from the KSHP studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing on a Monday, and Chuck Esposito's kind enough to join us over at Red Rock, our friends at Station Casinos, and we're thrilled that Chuck has time to do the show with us, joins us numerous times during the week, and we appreciate his time, but apparently he, he finds other ways to occupy his time. This is a beauty. We're... Where'd you come up with this one? The mech salami. You guys are hanging over under 375 and a half points. Tuesday, Buffalo at Miami. Akron at Western Michigan. Ohio at Eastern Michigan. Wednesday, Toledo at Bowling Green. Ball State at Northern Illinois. And Kent State at Central Michigan. And you guys have over under 375 and a half points. you got to be kidding. That's awesome. You know, I was waiting for you to call. I was getting a little hungry. I thought about going to the Italian <laughs> deli, and I started thinking about, how about a Mac salami? A Mac so, salami. Uh, yep, we uh, you know, we put it up last year, and it was really popular and very successful. Uh, really, Jason McCormick, it was his, uh, his uh, you know, uh, idea last year. And so let's do it again this year, guys. And um, it's it's been just kind of fun to put it up. We're always looking at ways to kind of put some new and fun things up and, and do exactly what we're doing right now, talking about it and water cooler chatter and guests grabbing sheets. But uh, it was fun putting it up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the action goes. I mean, you think about last week, B, one of these Mac games had 100 points. I know. Well, so, I mean, the crazy uh, thing is, kind of a, well, we know those weeknight games, bud. They're, they're usually good fun, and the Mac is by nature a high-scoring conference. But you're turning a lot of people into weathermen here because it, I just said this to Kenny White in the first hour. It, weather's not been that big a deal, but any day now, you got games in Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, and I'm telling you, you got to watch the weather forecast for something like this, but that's a great prop. Thanks. I mean, you know, but weather, for whatever reason, in MAC games, a lot of times, even in the coldest, doesn't matter. conditions, <laughs> right, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, they score in, in bunches. Speaking of, uh, you've been doing this a lot of years, Chuck. That was one of the weirdest days of NFL football, collectively, ever, yesterday. You know, I thought it was a beautiful day. <laughs> oh no! I and I and I get it. A lot of dogs that were barking and barking mighty loud. And you know, it's uh, you know, last weekend I, when I came on with you on, on Monday, you know, I, I know you were ready to, were to hit the pause button or cut me off when I said I was going to use a, a four-letter word to describe what we needed to happen, and I'm going to use it again. J e g s. J e g s. It's Jags this week. It was Jets last week, and it's another four-letter word that you know was was big for our side of the counter, and that you know it still is a head scratcher to me. And a lot of people have asked, how is that possible? I really think that it comes somewhat to it's a long season. It's motivation. 
and meaning that you know teams just you know they know that they're, they're a prohibitive favorite that the, their opponent is inferior based on you know the point spread and the hype and everything that's talked about they may not show the same playbook um you know that they run they may run a different scheme and Every game means something to that Jags team or that Texans team or that Jets team that has pulled off some some big upsets, and I think that's just part of it. But, I mean, I, I would have to think if the Jags and Buffalo played nine, 100 times, Buffalo would win 99 of those times. Oh, I mean, well, you go on the road and hold a team to nine. I, I said the defense should have been you know, throwing their, you know, their peanuts and their beer cans at the offense on the flight home. I mean, don't forget, though, this is the same Jags defense that that allowed Geno Smith to complete his first 14 passes the week before to to set the, you know to set the kind of the, the benchmark or the record this year to start a game. You're talking about Geno Smith to Josh Allen, and then having Allen and and that offense really struggle. Only nine rushing attempts yesterday. They're you know. And I love the Bills. I still think they're going to be a team that's there at the NB. But three weeks ago, our AFC-NFC prop was based on the Bills being the AFC team, and they were clearly the favorite. That's not the case anymore. I mean, it is totally flipped, and I'm a little worried about them being a little bit one-dimensional. I don't think they're a lock to get that by uh, as we speak today, that you've got Baltimore and, and Tennessee in the mix as well. Even Tennessee without Henry. You think about who they've beaten, the Rams, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Colts twice. They've got the easiest schedule in the NFL over the last half of the season, where I think multiple games against the Jags and Texans and a game against the Dolphins mixed in there. I know they they host the Saints, but win-loss record percentage-wise, easiest record in the league is the Titans. They could still be the number one seed in the AFC, get a bye, and just maybe number 22 is back for that second round of the playoffs. So which way would you lean here, Chuck, after that yesterday? And like you alluded to, they beat the Bills, Chiefs, and then they walk in and they beat the Rams. And but believe me, you know, Carson Wentz got a little goofy, but that's a decent Colts team too. So was last night more of, man, I mean, Tennessee, because I said with Henry, they're the team you don't want to play, running the ball in the playoffs, and we'll see if he comes back. But with who they've beaten to this point, is it more Tennessee's really good, or did people have just an overly inflated opinion of the Rams? Which way would you lean? You know, I don't know. I think, you know, with with Tennessee, I think they are really good. I I love their coach. I I thought defensively early in the season, don't forget, they got beat by the Jets um, early in the season. Um, You know, I think they're really good sometimes when you have an injury of like what happened to to Henry. It is that circle the wagons mentality and no one's given us a shot. They are playing really good ball right now. I think in the Rams case too, you know, you're you're a prohibitive favorite. You just make the trade for for Von Miller. You're at home. Um, You're an awfully good team. Everybody's kind of talking about you potentially being the team that, that could beat the Bucks in the NFC. And you play a team without Henry who's traveling across country, and they come in there and just beat you up. Um, I still think the Rams are a really good team. It's not going to surprise me if they're playing in their home stadium on that Sunday in February. But, hey, I think this Titan team right now is just on a roll, and their defense has gotten better. Uh, You get Julio Jones and A.J. Brown healthy. You hope that helps Tannehill. And, hey, well, let's wait and see what happens with AP. But, I think it's kind of the perfect team for him to go to. He kind of has that straightforward, 
you know, erect running style that is a little bit similar to Henry. I know he's not Henry. I know he's toward the, the end of his career, but I'm anxious to see how that fits in. But I love Rabel. I, I think he's just doing a great job with that team. And they're a fun team to watch because they came to smack you in the mouth yesterday, and they did that on both sides of the ball. Cleveland remains interesting, Chuck. It's like just surviving. And I wonder if getting OBJ out of that locker room, it's not addition by subtraction. And if they get healthy, Cleveland's an interesting team at the back end of this season. You know, Indy, if they're still breathing when you get there, you, you can see it. You know they're capable of way more than what's gone on to this point. It really is about building to a crescendo and peaking at the right time. You just can't play yourself out of it up to that point. Right. I think with the extra week or the extra game be, I think that's big. Um, I think when you look at the AFC from top to bottom, it's scary. I mean, all those teams are really good, the teams that are in the playoffs right now. I think in the NFC, I mean, you're talking about an Atlanta team right now at 4-4. Four and four. That, is one of the two, that is one of the three wild card teams. Not that they haven't played well of late, but – I think the Colts even at four and five. Um, you you look at the Browns at five and four. The Browns started three and one before they kind of hit that tailspin. Let that game get away from them uh, against the Chargers um, in LA. They're really good. You look at the Raiders. The Chiefs are still at five and four now and play the Raiders. I think that AFC is loaded, and I'm anxious to kind of see how it all plays out over the last half of the season. Uh, funny you mentioned that, Chuck. That's exactly where I wanted to come at you on. You know, the Chiefs, you can make a case they should have, they could have, if not maybe even should have, not so much as Packers. I mean, they let them hang around. But they could have lost that game to the Giants. And if the kid doesn't jump offside and the Giants get a pick, maybe they do lose that game. And the the Chiefs had dug themselves a really big hole. And all of a sudden, and I know the offense, it's not been good. The defense is getting shored up a little bit. But all of a sudden, Kansas City... They were in trouble. I mean, serious trouble. And now, bam, they're right back in it, and they play the Raiders this week. Boom, first place if they walk in here and win. It's amazing. You know, and you got bad class to consider. I know it's not been good to this point, but I'm not going to, you know, sit here and discount their chances of just starting to go nuts. I know it doesn't look good today, but there's bad class there. Oh, there is. B. I mean, they could have lost to the Browns, too. If the punter doesn't drop that ball, they lose yeah. that game to the Browns. And, and you kind of alluded to the Browns. The Browns should have won that game. They, they, they let one get away against the Chargers. This could be a Browns team that's 7-2. and two. I think they do. I think it does help them with the distraction that was there. I think Mayfield forced the ball into OBJ a lot. Um, I think they're still a more running team more than a passing team. There's a lot of teams at the bottom right now that are really good in the AFC, and I could see this thing getting you know, tipped upside down in the second half of the season. I'm not ready to say the Chiefs are, are out of it and, and can't be playing in, in L.A. in February. Um, their offense has looked rather ordinary of late, but you still have Patty Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes, I should say, and, and Hill and Kelsey and a pretty dynamic offense with a lot of season left. Our bud, Chuck Esposito, Station Casinos. Don't forget the STN mobile app. Don't forget, now you got the Tuesday, Wednesday. You got the Max Salami. Get over there and take a kick at that one. And I cannot wait until Wednesday. We'll make people wait uh, to get the update on the contest because after the results yesterday, my goodness, I mean, you talk about the, those numbers you're going to give us are going to be nuts. Chuck, always a treat, my friend. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk on Wednesday. 
All right, B. Thanks. Always love being on with you guys. Thank you. He's the man, Chuck Esposito. Coming back, Andy Isco is going to say hi. That's coming up next. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Don't go anywhere. Your wife called. She wants her husband back. College football full circle. You look at the passing attack with Aiden O'Connell and David Bell, 307 passing yards per game. That's the weakness of Michigan State's defense, giving up 300 yards to opposing quarterbacks. If you allow J.J. McCarthy and Cade McNamara to toss for over 400 on your secondary, I think Purdue and Jeff Brom are a live dog this weekend. It's college football full circle, weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the home of the winning edge, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Back with you on a Monday, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing bringing our bud Andy Isco in from the logical approach. See if he can bring some logic to what happened in the NFL yesterday, Andy. Well, the way I figure it is that uh, the universe uh, acted a little differently this year. And on Saturday night, Sunday morning, instead of moving the clock back one hour, it actually moved the clock back one week so that yesterday was actually Halloween like it was last Sunday. Bizarro world. Yeah, don't... Uh, very, uh, uh, very surprising results. Not just the teams that lost, but the teams that they lost to. I mean, obviously, uh, Buffalo losing to Jacksonville was uh, uh, was the major surprise. I mean, when you look at uh, two of the teams that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, who would have thought, when you look back at the end of the season, Buffalo would have lost to Jacksonville and Tennessee would have lost to the Jets. And yet, uh, both of these teams, uh, for the most part, have been the top teams in the AFC. No, there's no doubt about it. So wh- how do you treat it, Andy? Was it just a lot of bad days at the office, or are there defined chinks in the armor on all of these teams? Not, not really. I mean, when I, when I look at this, I normally will back away from playing on or against these teams next week. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't fully looked at the card next week for these two teams, but uh, normally what I want to see is how do these teams uh, respond? How does Buffalo respond? How does uh, uh, Dallas respond, etc.? Do they follow it up with a good effort, uh, as you would expect, or will they follow it up with another subpar performance where it might be, there might be some concerns? I think one of the teams that I liked going into yesterday uh, was Cincinnati. Uh, Cleveland not only had been having those internal issues with Beckham, but they had played three straight uh, home games, so they were going on the road for basically the first time in a month, so it was a very negative situation, and yeah, we don't know what would have happened if we didn't have that 99-yard interception uh, return uh, by uh, Cleveland for the score of the game, but it certainly appeared that Cleveland was able to straighten some things out, and you have to wonder if the Beckham situation had been festering for, you know, quite some time before the ultimate release uh, during the week, so, you know, maybe Cleveland now uh, is one of those teams that will that we will see going forward play like they did early in the season as opposed to what we saw the few weeks prior to yesterday, although I am still concerned about their ability to close out games or competitive games against quality teams, such as the difficulty they had against Kansas City, the difficulty uh, that they had against the Chargers, and then, of course, their, uh, their ugly loss to Arizona, three teams that uh, think what you will about Kansas City right now, but uh, nonetheless, those other two teams, Arizona and uh, uh, the Chargers, clearly appear to be teams that uh, are headed at some, at, in, in some seeding position for the playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, the Cincinnati one, bud. I mean, I really wonder if Waters found its level. They've done so many good things. And, you know, the Jets one was ugly. Um, and you're right. Maybe, maybe that was one play that just totally derailed them and ripped their heart out of their chest yesterday. But we got to watch them closely now. I, I actually thought yesterday's game with Cincinnati, I'm not going to take all that much away from them. I think it was just one of those games where Cleveland uh, just put everything together. All the distractions were behind them. And they might have done that to any team they faced yesterday. Quite possible. What do you make of – we've been talking about Tennessee and what they've pulled off here. and Very impressive. What about the Rams? I mean, you know, you know, Von Miller's coming in here. Um, it's like they're trying to build an all-star team. Is it going to work? Yeah, I, uh, again, it was just uh, the surprising aspect of last night's game was just how aggressive and how successfully aggressive that Tennessee defense was. It started early in the game with those two interceptions of Stafford. They never let up, and the Rams just could never get back into sync uh, really throughout that game. And again, is it one of those games where they just had their bad game? They had a bad game, you know, a few weeks uh, earlier, about a month ago, when they lost at home to uh, uh, to Arizona for their only loss uh, prior to yesterday. So, again, I'm willing to forget give most teams. I mean, unless you're the, you know, 2007 Patriots who go on th- who go through the uh, season uh, perfect, every team is going to have a loss, and uh, many of those losses, or a number of those losses, you will be scratching your head and say, this loss just didn't figure. It's still a very good football team, but again, then the term that they use now is recency bias, so you'll have a few more people who are hesitant to back some of these teams that we saw struggle yesterday. Maybe people will point to Dallas and say, ah, they were, uh, they were not uh, expected to be all that great at the start of the season in a very weak NFC East and then all of a sudden they lose that tough game to Tampa Bay that they could have won. They were perfect against the point spread up until yesterday. Winners of six in a row. People might now take a look and see how they were handled by Denver yesterday and start to say well maybe maybe what we saw at the start of the season uh, was uh, not who we, who we expected the Cowboys to be. So again, uh, I, you've got to put things in perspective. Good teams normally, not always, but normally will bounce back from subpar efforts. And that even includes after games that they win ugly. Uh, we haven't seen that, for example, from Kansas City this year. They haven't had too many really good efforts. And yesterday, as I recall, was the first time that they had won back-to-back games all season. And they did so despite scoring just 13 points against a Green Bay team that itself played some pretty good defense. But of course, with backup quarterback Jordan Love, uh, did not have uh, uh, Rodgers, who they, who they rely on. And they were fortunate to beat the Giants a week earlier. So Kansas City, uh, you know, Cleveland may have answered some of my concerns yesterday. Let's see what they do this the, the next couple of weeks. Kansas City, there are still a lot of questions that have to be answered. Instead of focusing on what Dallas didn't do, how about what Denver did? I thought that uh, it would either be a situation yesterday where Denver was going to cover the spread or the game was going to stay under the total. It turned out that both happened and that it was because Denver won the game straight up and they totally uh, frustrated Dallas and Dak Prescott and the, and the Cowboys offense. You know, you go back to the start of the season in the first three weeks, Denver wins uh, 
three straight games against the Giants, Jacks, and Jets, and then they sort of found their level and they did not perform as well. They lost a number in a row uh, prior to, I think, uh, not, not yesterday, but the week earlier, they beat uh, Washington at home, and then, of course, yesterday they beat Dallas. Uh, I was a little concerned about what the effect of not having Von Miller there for Denver would, would be to the Broncos, so I sort of stayed away from that game, although I still did play the under in that one, but I didn't take the points with uh, uh, with Denver. Uh, Denver, they proved that they are capable of putting in that kind of effort against a good football team yesterday. Let's see what happens going forward a little bit, if maybe things are coming around for them. That was an uncharacteristically strong offensive performance from a team uh, that had, against a team like Dallas that had been playing some pretty good defense uh, throughout uh, what was a six-game winning streak. So, we get the game tonight, Andy. Pittsburgh's a solid seven-point favorite. We don't see these two of, and a total only at 40. Yeah, and uh, both of these teams, uh, especially Chicago, has been very uh, strong to the under this year. If I recall correctly, the uh, don't have the numbers in front of me, but the Chicago Bears' points per game, they and their opponents are the lowest in the league. I think that ranks number uh, 32. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, shows signs of life in recent weeks. And, of course, remember, this is a team that started last season uh, winning 11 in a row, and the quarterback Roethlisberger came back looking a lot more fit, a lot more trip this year. They struggled early on. They did uh, uh, get that opening uh, week win uh, in Buffalo, despite the fact that the Bills clearly outplayed uh, the uh, uh, the Steelers. Steelers seem to be playing a little bit better right now with uh, the, the rookie running back, uh, Harris, being more comfortable and more integral a part of the offense. It does open up things uh, for the passing game, and we know that uh, Pittsburgh still is a team that's fundamentally built around its defense, which, although the numbers are not as outstanding as they've been in the past, they still seem to make the uh, uh, the key plays. I can certainly understand this game staying under. Uh, we've had more unders than overs this year, at least we had uh, uh, through uh, through last week, and I think we had to that yesterday. I don't, again, haven't looked at the numbers this morning yet, but uh, fundamentally, both offenses, uh, they, they've been able, especially Chicago recently, they've been able to run the football, and again, you've got a rookie quarterback going up against a veteran coach in Tomlin and a veteran defense in Pittsburgh, so the Bears may struggle. Uh, you know, if, if the game goes over, I would think it would take one or two big scoring plays because I'm not sure, especially in the case of Chicago, to a lesser extent Pittsburgh, that either team is capable of sustaining and succeeding in the end zone on uh, you know 10, 12 play drives. Well, Andy, there's some big games this week. You got Cleveland and the Patriots. That could end up being a tiebreaker down the road. And Kansas City uh, taking on the Raiders, and all of a sudden that AFC West man, what a logjam! Yeah, and uh, I'll probably play uh, the uh, the Raiders on Monday night. I was against them uh, yesterday at the Giants. I think we talked about it on the show Friday that uh, the distractions created uh, by the uh, the tragic incident with uh, Henry Ruggs and the, the death of that uh, that innocent woman, uh, middle of the week or early in the week, came uh, at a time that was it had to be a distraction. It also took away from the preparation time uh, for the game around which Ruggs was going to be a significant factor. So I think. I think that things settled in a little bit now, and I think I, I have fewer concerns heading into this game for the Raiders than I do for Kansas City. It's a crazy time of year. and Are you ready, bud? You getting all your work done for college uh, hoops? You ready? 
I'm going to be breaking it in slowly, watch the first few games. I'll watch tomorrow night just to see because you've got four blue bloods uh, together in the Madison Square Garden with, uh, uh, you know, Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, and uh, and Kansas, four teams that are perennial national title contenders. Of course, it's the start of the farewell tour uh, for Mike Krzyzewski, uh, the, coach, the longtime coach of Duke. Uh, he's uh, always uh, played well in uh, in uh, Madison Square Garden, the, uh, the second home of the uh, – uh, or New York City, actually, in any of the arenas for uh, Duke. They've played exceptionally. East Coast. So um, uh, I'll be watching tomorrow's games to get an idea. Of course, you know, with uh, uh, with, with Michigan State and Tom Izzo, this is always a, that schedule's tough. It's always a team that comes out uh, very well prepared. So I haven't done anything on either of the two key games tomorrow, but I haven't ruled anything out yet. I'm going to do a little bit more studying and uh, uh, see if I can find a reason to play either game, but certainly I'll learn something about all four teams that figure to be uh, that figure staying healthy to make nice deep runs in the tournament in March. If I'm going from memory, Andy, last year maybe, maybe uh, Michigan State kind of changed their mantra, but we're so accustomed to them playing the big boys, always a monster game out of the gate, and Izzo cares about being right at the end of the year. I think last year he might have won his big game early, but for the most part, he's all about getting peaked at the right time. Yeah, and exactly. I, I don't take too much negative out of uh, any of the, any of the four teams playing tomorrow night because we know that again, barring health, uh, barring health issues, injury issues, uh, that all four teams figure to be around. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd think right now that are at least top four seeds, uh, depending upon what regions they're in. But uh, you know, some teams, uh, as it was one of them, doesn't place a great deal of emphasis, but they're so fundamentally sound that they can play different types of games, and that usually. Uh, uh, does well for success, and I think all four teams benefit by playing tough competition right out of the gate. Because then you've got a measuring uh, stick as to uh, uh, you know each of these teams. Uh, we don't know how the season will unfold, but you could argue that the teams that they are facing tomorrow night, all four of them, will be the toughest teams that any of them will be facing during the course of the regular season. I think you're spot on on that regard, buddy. What a time of year, though. I mean, literally, our heads on a swivel now, bud. Oh yeah, well, you know, one season ends, one event ends like uh, like NASCAR. New things are always on the horizon, ready to begin. And of course, NBA and NHL seasons have really unfolded over the first uh, well, the more a little more than a month in the hockey, and uh, about three weeks uh, so far in the uh, in the NBA. All right, my friend. Listen, have a great day. We look forward to seeing you Friday down at the Superbook. Have a wonderful day, bud. You too, Brian. Forward to seeing you at the end of the week. All right, our pal Andy Isco, the logical approach. Don't forget, over at the Superbook Football Central, great, just a great place in the theater to watch all the NFL games. Bet a hundred, get a hundred if you open up an app when you come to Vegas. Over at the uh, Superbook at the Westgate. Back to wrap it up in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Some people get their information from just anybody. Friends, co-workers, horoscopes, gum wrappers. If that's you, Dude, what are you doing? Credibility. It's a thing. We're your trusted source for gaming, odds, and more. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, we're back to put a lid on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Scott Frell's coming up 
Top of the hour on the network. The Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius 159. Uh, we'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline for you locally. Jack Eichel addressed the media today uh, here in Vegas, collectively for the first time. He arrived yesterday. And we're going to have uh, lots of hockey talk for you on Vegas Hockey Hotline, KSHP.com. There's a listen live function. Invite you to join us. Love your phone calls as well. Paul Hamilton uh, does a great job covering the Sabres and has been there for every step of Jack Eichel's career. Is going to be our guest today. Tomorrow, really excited. Well, we're excited for Paul. Uh, John Forsland uh, called many games for NBC. Been a friend of Vegas Hockey Helling, the new announcer for the Seattle Crack, and they play Vegas tomorrow. John Forsland's going to join us tomorrow on Vegas Hockey Helling. We love our hockey guests, so we look forward to doing that for you. Hey, just a little note on the way out the door about all the stuff going on in the NFL. It's like, what does home field advantage mean? Listen to these records. Eagles 0-4, Niners 0-4, Detroit 0-4, Washington 1-3, Seattle 1-3, Atlanta 1-3. No, no, man. Home field advantage used to be a big thing. It usually is when you get to the playoffs, but, boy, I'll tell you, the dogs are barking. When you see home field numbers like that, and, and there were home dogs that won yesterday. Six, I think six dogs went outright yesterday. Uh, that was the day the books had a wonderful time of things. They just flat out loved yesterday. But I'm still trying to figure out a lot of went went down. There was some really stuff trying to say, is it a one-off, just a bad day at the office, or are these teams so mightily flawed that, you know, who are the true great teams? I'll just tell you, on the pregame shows yesterday, everybody, Dallas this, Dallas that, and they were the flavor of the day. Dallas for the Super Bowl. Dallas gets thumped. Last night, after all was said and done, Arizona. Look out, Arizona. Everybody likes you again. If they're in love with you, it doesn't seem like it's ending well. This program's ending, but we're going to do it again tomorrow. Tony Neville from Treasure Island will join us uh, in studio, and that'll be good fun tomorrow. Scott Farrell next on the network. Vegas Hockey Hotline is coming your way locally. understand you're overwhelmed between schedule rosters, rosters brands, injuries, odds, and whether